Hello and welcome to the Trail Magic Podcast, where we seek to equip college students with resources, biblical teaching, and helpful conversations for the journey ahead. Have you ever felt confused over what God was doing in your life? Over what He wanted you to be doing in a particular season? Today, we look at how God's timing is perfect and He is sovereign over every detail of life. And no matter where we find ourselves, He is always at work, inviting us to join Him in what He is doing. Turn with us to Acts chapter 2 in our message series, Church on the Go. Let's hit the trail. We're going to start out today by reading from Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 18. It says, When the day of Pentecost had arrived, they were all together in one place, and suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues as of fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And at this sound the multitude came together and they were bewildered because each one was hearing them speak in his own language. And they were amazed and astonished, saying, Are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in his own native language? Parthians and Medes and Elamites and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabians. We hear them telling in our own tongues the mighty works of God. And all were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, What does this mean? But others, mocking, said, They are filled with new wine. But Peter, standing with the eleven, lifted up his voice and addressed them. Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and give ear to my words. For these people are not drunk, as you suppose, since it's only the third hour of the day, which would have been about 9 a.m. But this is what was uttered through the prophet Joel. And in the last days it shall be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy and your young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams. Even on my male servants and female servants in those days I will pour out my spirit and they shall prophesy. And we'll stop there. Most likely you've heard the old saying, timing is everything. Well, this is certainly true when it comes to an event in Acts chapter 2 we call Pentecost. Pentecost is a Jewish festival that's celebrated 50 days after the Passover. In fact, the word Pentecost means 50th because it's the 50th day since the Passover. Pentecost was one of three great feasts on the Jewish calendar. Sometimes you'll hear it called the Feast of Weeks because it took place seven weeks. So think, you know, seven weeks Each week has seven days, seven times seven, 49 plus a day would be 50. It's called the Feast of Weeks because it's seven weeks after Passover. Sometimes you'll hear it called the Feast of Harvest because it was the beginning of the ingathering of the grain. It was the beginning of the grain harvest. Now, this is important, this timing, because at Pentecost, the Jews were gathered to celebrate a literal harvest that was about to be gathered in. It It was a grain harvest. And here at this moment in history, God sends his Holy Spirit to empower Christ followers to share the gospel. 
And so the timing of this event was perfect. It could not have been any better. The Jews gathered to celebrate a literal harvest of food, but God was showing up in the Holy Spirit to gather in a spiritual harvest of souls. So in order to be the church on the go, in order to carry out the mission Jesus had given them back in Matthew 28, they would not be able to hack it out on their own. They would certainly need the help of the Holy Spirit. Well, since the start of this quarantine deal that we're in, a good deal of our group has been scattered all over the place, all throughout North Carolina and even beyond. And while that seems like a really unfortunate thing to happen, historically and biblically speaking, this is actually how the gospel has traveled outside of the region where it was confined. So in this instance, it would have been Jerusalem. When something tragic happened, uh, the gospel spread outside of the city. So if you go to the book of Acts, I think in chapter 8, this tragic event takes place in Stephen's death, and the believers who were in town were scattered all over, uh, eventually to the ends of the earth. And my point here is that what we're seeing in our day, you know, being scattered back to our homes for a period of time could actually give you the chance to to be a part of this movement we talked about last time, to be the church on the go and to take the gospel forward to places where it actually maybe doesn't have much of a presence at all before all this happened. So to make this easier to remember, I want to leave you with just one idea today, just one thought I want to deposit into your heart and into your mind for you to wrestle with. And and it's this, that that in all this going on, something way bigger than you and I is, is happening. Something way bigger than us is going on here. God is at work. And you and I get to join him where he is working. Now, that idea is not original to me. The Blackabees were talking about that in the Experiencing God series 20 or 25 years ago. But God is at work, and we get to join him where he is working. So as we walk through this text, we come to verse 1, where Luke specifically tells us uh, when the day of Pentecost had arrived. Now, stop there. And pay attention to the language there in verse 1. When the day of Pentecost had arrived. Do you hear that sense of expectancy? That sense of fulfillment when it says it had arrived. There's just this ring of hope and anticipation right there in what Luke writes for us. And there's this kind of growing sense of anticipation because something big is about to happen. They were all together, the scripture says, in one place. I think that's probably where we all want to be right now is together in one place when suddenly the sound of a violent rushing wind came from heaven and filled the whole house and these little blazing ribbons of fiery light peeled off and came to rest over the head of each person present and the crowds of people outside the house had to have heard the sound because it says they came running and they were you know trying to find out what was happening there in that moment and it's obvious that whatever was happening right then was supernatural. And it was way bigger than they had probably even understood in that moment as they were living it out. When they were filled with the Spirit, it says they became instantly multilingual, speaking in the foreign languages of the Jews who had gathered to celebrate in Jerusalem at the festival of, the Pente- of Pentecost. So they began speaking languages to these people, languages that they did not even previously know as the Spirit came on them. You say, well, wait wait a minute, stop it just a second, Josh. What in the world is going on here? Now, obviously, you and I have the benefit of hindsight. 
you know, you've heard that before. Hindsight is always twenty twenty, which basically means after the fact, we can see things a lot clearer than we could see them perhaps before while we were in the situation. And so we know what's going on here, you and I do. It's the fulfillment, as Peter tells us, of Joel chapter 2 and the promise of God pouring out His Spirit on all mankind. It, this is a nothing less than a supernatural work of God at a perfectly precise moment in history where God is accomplishing his kingdom purposes. And so we see uh, it talks about wind and it talks about fire. These are important in this narrative because wind is a common symbol of the power of the Spirit. In fact, the word wind in the Old and New Testament can be translated spirit, breath, wind, uh, something like that. And fire is a common symbol of God's cleansing and purifying presence. So think of all the places where you see fire throughout the Bible when God's presence shows up. The one I think about, uh, you know, just off the top of my head is Exodus chapter 3, when God met with Moses in the desert region of Sinai and the bush was burning up. It was on fire, but it wasn't consumed. That's because God's cleansing and purifying presence was there as he was calling Moses to something great in his life. And so here in Acts chapter 2, both wind and fire represent the presence of God as his Holy Spirit is coming on the believers. And as this new work, this new period of God's work in the world is being initiated. If we go down to verse 5, it says that there were devout Jews from every nation. That's, that's significant in this passage. There were devout Jews from all over the world, all over the first century Roman world. They were staying in Jerusalem for this festival of, uh, of Pentecost 50 days after the Passover. They came from all over the place, and I read a bunch of the locations earlier. I won't go back through that. But if you go back to God's promise to Abram in the book of Genesis, do you remember what he promised to Abram? He promised to make his family a blessing, not just to one another, but he promised to make his family a blessing to all nations. So one step at a time, God is folding them into this new people that he is forming and creating for himself. And this event at Pentecost is that moment in history when he is doing this work through the giving of his Holy Spirit as all nations are coming together and, uh, and, and being brought into this moment in history. Verse 12 says that the crowds were in total shock, and, and some of them even mocked the people, saying, uh, they're just drunk and, and carrying on. They don't know what they're doing, basically. Well, of course, Peter goes on, as we read down through verse 18, to explain how they're not drunk. It's just 9 a.m., but rather this is the fulfillment of the prophecy in the Old Testament in Joel chapter 2. Now, you would have thought that these devout Jews would have picked up on this, but somehow they missed that God was actually fulfilling a promise that he had given hundreds of years before, as he said he would give the Spirit in Joel chapter 2. Now, I know that's a bit of a crash course on the details of the story. Uh, we ran through that kind of quickly, but I want you to think about it for just a second. People from all over the world were gathered in one place at the perfect moment in time. God gets everyone's attention with the sound of the wind and the tongues of the fire that appeared visually in their sight. And then he, in, he, he then enables them to speak new languages that they'd never known before so that the gospel could miraculously be communicated to people that did not know Christ. And then Peter 
who was Jewish, Peter catches on to this Old Testament prophecy in Joel chapter 2, and he connects all the dots for the people, explaining this whole thing as an inbreaking of God's Spirit at work. The reason I give you that summary is because I want you to see this. God was clearly in charge of all the little details as he arranged this entire situation. He brought all these people from all over uh, Mesopotamia and Cappadocia and Phrygia and Pamphylia and Egypt. He brought them all from those places to this one spot in time because he had something designed that he was going to do in giving the Spirit to build his kingdom and to glorify his name. He was in control of every single minute that was going on. So I want to transition to ask you a question for just a second. As disappointed as you may be for how this semester ended, for some of you, I've, I've talked to a number of you who are seniors, how your college career has ended. As disappointed as you may be for how all this has gone down in the last six or seven weeks, I want you to consider this question. Is it entirely possible that God, who is sovereignly in control of every detail of our universe, providentially arranged for you to be scattered back to wherever you have landed or wherever you're headed next so that you could join him where he's working in a supernatural kingdom-building work that's way bigger than any of the plans that you had come up with for yourself. Is it plausible that because his ways are higher than ours, Isaiah tells us, that the timing of this pandemic, which seems so wrong on so many levels, is exactly what he intended for our lives to teach us some things that we could never have learned in any other way? Maybe you look at all this and you still cannot see through the fog to the other side. Maybe this doesn't feel like a season for you. Maybe this feels like quicksand that you're stuck in and you're just sinking down. But I want you to remember the words of Philippians 1.6. This is actually the first text I ever preached on at College Connection when I shared my story. Paul writes in Philippians 1.6, He who started a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Jesus Christ. He who began that good work in your life is not going to abandon it. He's not going to give up on it until the, he completes that work at the day of Christ's return. He'll never be, give up on, on what he's begun. And nothing can stop him from doing all that he wants to do in you and even through you if you would surrender yourself to his perfect timing and his perfect purposes in your life. See, see, God is inviting you to join him in the work he's doing, wherever you are. If you're back home in your bedroom, if you're headed off to grad school, if you're going out into the workplace, if you're getting married, if you're hoping to come back for summer classes, if you live here in Boone and you're actually coming back from being away at college to be with your family here in town, wherever you are, he's inviting you to join him in this work that he's doing as he brings people from death to life. And as he ushers them into his eternal kingdom, you get to be a part of that. And that's incredible. One of the images in the New Testament for God's servants and for his work is that of a farmer. A farmer who is out in his field working, faithfully planting, faithfully watering, and even faithfully waiting for the harvest to come in. So, maybe your field has changed. But your job as a farmer in God's economy 
has not changed. Maybe your field has changed. Maybe you're not in the same field doing ministry in the place where you were just six weeks ago. Or maybe you're landing in a different field than you anticipated being in for the summer or for perhaps even in the fall semester. But your job has not changed in serving our King. Perhaps in heaven we'll get the hindsight 2020 view of this entire thing. We'll be able to look back, you know, kind of look in our rear view and see it behind us. And, and maybe you and I will get the opportunity to see how people's eternity was changed because you and I got the chance to be the church on the go and to take the gospel to places where God intended it to go that maybe it had never been before. So whatever field God places you in, let me encourage you to trust in his goodness, trust in his providence, and be faithful to do God's work, God's way, through the power of his Holy Spirit. His timing is perfect, and timing is everything. And he makes no mistakes, and wherever you've landed, whatever field you find yourself in, be a faithful farmer. Do the work of the Lord and build up his kingdom. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that there are no mistakes in your purposes, in your plans, that all of your providences, while some of them may seem bitter to us, ultimately they are for our good. And I pray, Lord, for the, the student, uh, for the family member, for the church member, for maybe even the lost person who hears this message, that they would understand that everything that is happening in this universe is, is within your grasp, it's in your hands. Uh, like the little song I learned when I was a little kid, you've got the whole world in your hands. That includes the situation we're in. And that includes whatever field we land in. Uh, wherever you place us, Lord, I pray that we would be faithful to do your work, your way, and, and entrust the results to you. Because as Corinthians tells us, you give the increase. So help us not to be bitter. Lord, help us not to be discouraged. Help us not to lose our way or lose our motivation. But help us to remember wherever we are, we are called to be the church on the go. We thank you, Father, for your goodness to us in Christ and for calling us to join you in this work. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Trail Magic is a production of the College Ministry of Alliance Bible Fellowship in Boone, North Carolina. For more information, go to abfboone.org. Thanks for tuning in.